0: Hello, everybody. Today we're going to talk about Phil Quaid's new book, The Digital Big Bang, the hard stuff, the soft stuff, and the future of cybersecurity. The Digital Big Bang book puts forth a big history style explanation of cybersecurity, the kind of narrative you may have encountered in Guns, Germs, and Steel, or Sapiens, two popular big history books. In the book, Phil Quaid proposes a framework for creating a truly scientific approach to cybersecurity. Phil Quaid's ambition is to find a way to systematically address many of the problems that have risen up because cybersecurity was not properly incorporated into the design of the Internet. My name is Dan Woods, technology analyst and founder of EarlyAdopter.com, a research publication that focuses on high-value use cases and how to create multi-product platforms to implement them. My team and I played the role of editor for Phil's book, which came out in preview at Fortinet's Accelerate Conference in April 2019 and will be published by John Wiley in August. Phil, it's so happy to have you here. Um, I'm really eager to kind of give a good summary of what this book is all about.
1: So, Thank you. It's a pleasure working with you, and I hope we can get out uh, some of the good themes that have been expressed in this book. Well,
0: what's really interesting is the central analogy. And when the book is entitled digital Big Bang because you're trying to uh, draw an analogy between the physical Big Bang of physics and chemistry and the digital Big Bang and you identify speed and connectivity as the central elements of that Big Bang. What do you mean by digital Big Bang and why are speed and connectivity the, the central elements?
1: Uh, well, back uh, 14 billion years ago, of course, the, the cosmic or physical Big Bang that, uh, that you alluded to uh, created some fundamental forces, fundamental elements, things like time, gravity, and matter. And it wasn't until about three, five hundred years ago that we started becoming masters of our physical environment by recognizing those fundamental elements of the cosmic Big Bang and ultimately discovering or inventing the, the sciences of chemistry and physics and biology. And once we started uh, doing using rigor in uh, science to attempt to explain and master our world, we really excelled as a species and now we're uh, we're driving cars and we're flying in airplanes and, and beyond. And so my thought is that 50 years ago we experienced an analogous Big Bang, this time it was an explosion of data. And at the time the the quote, inventors of the internet were trying to solve two major problems. One, how can we connect more people or things in ways we never connected before? And two, how can we do so in ways, in, at speeds we never imagined before? So. The fundamental elements of the digital Big Bang are speed and connectivity. So my thought with uh, writing the book and collecting my colleague's thought on, on this book would, would be to make the points, uh, number one, let's make sure that if we're doing cybersecurity, we acknowledge the fundamental elements of the digital Big Bang, speed and connectivity. And number two, let's, uh, learn, uh, let's repeat the lessons learned in the physical Big Bang and treat this problem set like a science. Where we use the right attention to detail and the right formulas, if I could, so that we don't have to uh, rediscover solutions over and over again. Let's treat it more like a science rather than an art.
0: Well, now what's so interesting about your your analogy is that the idea is that the Big Bang happened in physical sense, and you know the universe as a result. You know, and it's played by the same rules as far as we know mm-hmm. from the beginning till now. But we can change the rules that are happening in the world of cybersecurity and the world of networking. And, but, but on the other hand, we also, this is a human construct. And so as a human construct, it has flaws that were introduced by humans. And I think the, uh, the, the way that you explain is that there's a progression. You explain that there is are elementary shortfalls. These are things that were problems because they were not designed into the original requirements of the internet. Then there were created fundamental strategies to address those. And then there were created advanced strategies to address those. But all of this takes in, into, uh, uh, takes place in the context of these higher order dimensions, which are persistent problems that are gonna happen because it's a human construct no matter what. So, what I, I guess what I'd like to do is, is talk about, you know, your book is about cybersecurity, and the digital Big Bang, you know, is, a, is the, the phenomenon of the Internet being created and, and connecting us all. What happened that, that, that created these elementary shortfalls? You know, what are the elementary shortfalls, and what, what happened to create them?
1: It's interesting. Again, the, the analogy works well with the, the physical Big Bang, where there are some things that were ultimately created... Uh, by that, that explosion and subsequently inside the furnaces of nuclear, uh, inside the nuclear centers of stars. Um, but that created uh, the rocks and the water and the things that exist, in our physical things that, that are just the things that we can't change in our uh, physical universe. But in developing as a culture, we also developed uh, cultural values that became the glue logic among people and and enables us to better govern ourselves and govern ourselves in large numbers. So we had some things were, were, that were given to us and then we had some things that we invented and by becoming the master or stewards of both those things, we've managed to do fairly well as of, of a species. We've had a lot of work to do on Earth, but we're doing okay. Um, as, as you alluded to in the, uh, in the digital Big Bang, we also have some things that are tangible. Um, you know, cables that, that move bits and computers and routers and things like that. But we don't quite have the, the culture that needs to exist to complement those physical things in cyberspace with the behaviors and norms that all people can believe in, in when combined with the physical things can make it a sec- safe and effective way to to do business or governance or conduct our personal lives. So um, the subtitle of the book in fact is quite telling. Uh, there's the hard stuff and then there's the soft stuff. And the soft stuff are the cultural norms and the behaviors that we need to solve. And oftentimes, it's the soft stuff that is the hard stuff.
0: Now, it's likely that, you know, it's, all, it's convenient of us to imagine that, you know, these elementary shortfalls could have been addressed by the, you know, original uh, designers of the Internet. Uh, but, you know, they did what they did because they, they had a certain problem to solve, and they solved it. Uh, but you, you you identify that these elementary shortfalls of authentication, patching, and training—if we somehow had those solved at the beginning—we wouldn't have many of the cybersecurity problems we have today.
1: I do believe that we wouldn't be sitting here today, and there wouldn't be the cybersecurity uh, business uh, to the degree there is today. If if we had solved the authentication problem right at the beginning of the internet, um, a lot of these problems would have gone away. But but we didn't, and. And so we're still compensating that. We're compensating for lack of good training, lack of good passing, and lack of authentication. And we still need to fix those things, not give up on them. But in the meantime, we're using some of the fundamental strategies you alluded to earlier. And those, in large part, were invented to attempt to compensate for those fundamental shortfalls. And
0: then one of the observations of the book is that the original um, principles of the Internet, the idea of creating network connections that are speedy and, you know, creating uh, you know, connections at scale. If you introduce cybersecurity solutions that violate those principles, you are also going to have a, a lot of problems.
1: It's uh, just like uh, if you don't pay attention to the laws of physics when attempting to uh, uh, launch a rocket or, or, or move it to the right spot, you're doomed to fail, right? You, you can't fool, uh, you can't fool or, or ignore Mother Nature in the physical world. The exact same thing is true in cyberspace. If if cyberspace were invented, and I think we agree, around the objectives of speed and connectivity, why in the world would you create a cybersecurity strategy or solution that's not al- also optimized around the elements of the space in which you're operating in, speed and connectivity?
0: And your book, of course, isn't uh, uh, a, a a diatribe against cybersecurity. You add, you know the, the section three is about the fundamental strategies that have actually worked to really help us introduce much more effective cybersecurity. You point to cryptography, access control, and segmentation as three fundamental strategies that have, when they've been applied properly, have really created a reasonably good step forward in cybersecurity. They've
1: served us very well. And if I could, I'd like to touch on a couple of them. Um, uh, Cryptography is one of the few silver bullets that exist in cybersecurity. If if you pick the right algorithms with the right key sizes and, and implement them correctly, it's completely unbreakable by all the computers on Earth for as many years as you want to go at it. Um, cryptography is a true success story if you do it right, if you use the right r- rigor, which in large part uh, folks do. Um, the second one I'd like to mention, these fu- funda- highlight these fundamental strategies is segmentation. I think se- segmentation is indeed the most important cybersecurity strategy of our age. Uh, segmentation allows you to minimize the number of breaches, Number one. Number two, the size of any potential breach. In fact, if you are breached. And number three, it accelerates your ability to recover from one by allowing you to reconstitute one step at a time. So some of those fundamental strategies we talked about, including cryptography, segmentation, access control, are really important to not only compensating for some of the shortfalls, but they're just really good smart strategies and business practices.
0: And what's so interesting about the book is that you set up each one of these sections with a explanation of the issue but then you have contributors providing chapters on specific topics underneath each of these sections. And that provides you know, a real-world perspective from somebody who's actually fighting the battle. And that's why I think this is, it's, it's a thought-provoking book, it's like a big history book, but unlike big history books, it actually is prescriptive in many ways about in giving you good ideas about what to do.
1: And that's the hope, that it, it has a theme that's accessible to many, Uh, It it hopefully makes some intuitive arguments, but then it taps a lot of thought leaders in the community and it attempts to get their advice on what they would do about it to prepare the right cybersecurity strategy for today that will take us into the future. So I'm very grateful for the contributing authors.
0: Now, afterwards, you talk, after the elementary strategies, you then define a set of three advanced strategies, visibility, inspection, and failure recovery. Now, these are also... Techniques that are employed in cybersecurity systems. Why did you call these advanced strategies?
1: Well, it's almost like the, uh, the Maslow's self-actualization uh, theory that you can't uh, aspire to achieve the, the top of the pyramid. Uh, you, can't, you can't aspire to achieving these high-level strategies and uh, higher-order strategies unless you have some more fundamental strategies in place. But I just didn't want people to think that you can do the fundamental strategies and stop there because there are some um, important things you need to do Uh, to take on the more advanced uh, threats, the advanced persistent threat, for example. And that includes (coughs) making sure you're inspecting your content uh, to look for evidence of covert command and control or look for evidence of an insider that's uh, stealing your IP. So some of these advanced strategies are things that you do indeed need to build on uh, your more fundamental ones. Uh, Visibility is another example. And I think the third one you mentioned earlier was uh, uh, resiliency, the, the ability to to quickly recover when you are breached. These are the things I think more sophisticated enterprises, and organizations are working in that, working into their strategies and implementations.
0: And then the last section uh, is about higher order dimensions. And the way I understand this section is, it doesn't matter how good we get at cybersecurity, we are still going to have to deal with these challenges because they are sort of tensions that are embedded in the world of cybersecurity. And one is complexity, the other is privacy, and the last one is human frailty. Um, why do you think these are the persistent problems we'll always be tr- struggling with?
1: I think that too often uh, at uh, cybersecurity and even cyberspace people in general, they're, they're uh, it's often dominated by computer scientists and maybe engineers and mathematicians. And they, they tend to uh, gravitate, that's an understatement, they gravitate towards uh, technical solutions. But uh, as we talked about earlier, the solutions involve a human element, right? It, you can't solve everything with technology. You have to have uh, people to buy into the solution. So that means that if you want them to execute these higher order strategies or fundamental strategies, they need to have confidence that their privacy is going to be protected. Uh, they need to have uh, feel, feel good about their work they're doing so much that it's not so complex that it overwhelms them and forces them into errors. So we really need to accommodate the human the human frailties and the human needs into our strategies and implementations, else we'll completely fail. The strategy and technolo- strategies and technologies alone won't solve the problem unless we also bring in these, te- these um, higher-order dimensions that are more human-related.
0: And then the last part of the book was written by uh, Michael She and Ken Z, uh the, C- the CTO and CEO uh, of Fortinet, respectively. Uh, and they talk about the why cybersecurity needs AI and the future of cybersecurity. And those are really interesting chapters as well. Well, this book is coming in at 294 pages, uh, maybe a little bit longer. And uh, it's a really interesting read. It's got more than 30 contributors of some of the top minds in um, uh, uh, cybersecurity. And uh, it's really been fun working on it with you. And uh, I can't wait to hear what people say about it once they start reading it.
1: Thanks, Dan, and much much credit again to the, the contributing authors and the other people who helped along the way to, to get it to the spot it is today. Thank you. Thank you.